0: This is Pastor Rick's Daily Hope, the audio broadcast ministry of Pastor Rick Warren. Today we continue in our series called Building a Better Future. In these lessons, Pastor Rick shares how we can build a foundation for a better future by following the examples of leaders in the Bible who followed God's calling to rebuild after a time of captivity. What well, you probably notice: the more grateful a person is, the happier they are. That's the power of gratitude. But it's not always easy to feel grateful. That's why Pastor Rick developed a great new resource called The Power of Gratitude. Go to PastorRick.com to find out more or just text the word DAILY to 800-600-5004. Now, here's Pastor Rick Warren with the final part of a message called How to Handle Insults and Ridicule. Here's the second thing Nehemiah did. When you are being ridiculed, when you're being put down,
1: when you feel uh, other people looking at you you judgmentally, confidently state that my trust is in God. Confidently state that my trust is in God. Nehemiah did not retaliate retaliate back tit for tat with insults of his own. Well, you insulted me, I'm just going to insult you. That's what we want to do. Somebody name calls you, you want to call them a name, worst name back. He ignores the hurtful words in his reply to the opposition. Instead, here's what he says. Now he's told God, God, I'm angry, but he doesn't say that. He doesn't say that to the opponent, to the critic, to the people who are in his way. Nehemiah 2:20, "I answered them. here's how he answered the critic. "The God of heaven will give us success." The God of heaven will give us success. We are his servants, and we will start rebuilding. That's what you do. Confidently state your trust in God. We're just his servants. We don't trust ourselves. We're trusting God. But we will start rebuilding. He told us to do this. You see, ridicule and criticism and insults and all that can never stop God's work in your life unless you let it unless you let it. Nehemiah just reaffirms what God had told him. God told us to do this. We're his servants. We're acting on his orders. We're not trusting in ourselves. We're just servants. We're trusting in the almighty God. Now, let me tell you something from personal experience. I've had a lot of opposition in my life. I have found that the greater the opposition, the more you need to depend on God. Little opposition, you know, yeah. just brush it off. Big opposition, the more, the greater it is, the more you need to depend on God. But what you do is you don't respond to every little detail of criticism. If you do, they'll dominate your life, they'll distract you. Just pray and persist. When somebody starts criticizing you for what you're doing, just keep on working and stay true to God's word, listen, stay true to God's word, no matter how unpopular it is. David says this in Psalm 119.51, arrogant people mock me cruelly, but I do not turn away from your teaching. You know, I can imagine him sitting in a class in college and somebody's teaching atheism and all kinds of stuff that's anti-Christian. He goes, okay, they treat me cruelly, but I do not turn away from your teaching. I, do, I stay true to the word of God. No matter. It doesn't matter what other people say. I stay true to the word of God. Now, here's the third step that Nehemiah did. Be better than those who insult me. Be better than those who insult me. When you're under attack, under attack for your gender or your race or your faith or whatever, always take the moral high ground. Never stoop to a lower level. You be better than the critic. You be better than the, than the opposition. You be better than those who are ridiculing and insulting and mean-spirited and who are lying about you. Never stoop to a lower level. You know, years ago, uh, my mentor Billy Graham told me, he said, you know, Rick, if you wrestle with a pig, you're both gonna get muddy, but only one of you is gonna enjoy it. <laughs> I've never forgotten that. It's true, it's true. You know, pigs love to wrestle in the mud. They love getting dirty. And you know, if you you wrestle with a pig, you're, they'll enjoy it, but you won't. That's why Romans 12 says this, verses 19 and 20. Dear friends, never avenge yourselves. Leave that to God. For it is written, I'll take vengeance and I'll repay those who deserve it, says the Lord. Instead, do what scripture says. And this is right out of Romans. If your enemies are hungry, feed them. And if they're thirsty, give them something to drink and they'll be ashamed of what they've done to you. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That's what real Christians do. By the way, when it says do what the scripture says and then it quotes all that, if you're wondering what scripture Paul is quoting in Romans, he's quoting Proverbs 25, 21, and 22. That's what he's quoting, Proverbs 25, 21, and 22. Now, Peter, St. Peter adds these words, 1 Peter 3, 9. Don't do something wrong to repay a wrong. And don't insult back to repay an insult. Instead, repay it with a blessing. He says, when you're insulted, you repay it with a blessing, you bless them. You're called to do this so you'll get a blessing. First Peter 3.16 says this, Peter says too, keep your conscience clear so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. So you always be better than those who attack you. Don't, don't attack them back. You know, there's a well-known pastor who has attacked me for years and years and years. And uh, a couple of years ago, somebody came out on a recent attack and mentioned it on some social media and says, Rick, what's your response? And I, I said, I'm not gonna mention the guy's name, but I said, uh, what this pastor thinks about me in no way controls what I think about him. And I have nothing but the utmost respect for his ministry. That's how Jesus would have us do it. And when you do that, when you respond Christ-like, it gives you more power, it gives you more anointing. Now, the fourth step in handling opposition in your life, cultural opposition, relational opposition, financial opposition, people who want to take you down, whatever. The fourth step will surprise you because it's a little known promise in the book of Exodus. I guarantee you, you've never seen this. But if you want God to be your defender, when you're under attack, God makes it very clear how you can show that you trust him and that allows him to become your defender. Write this down. Number four make God my defender by tithing. What? Yep. Make God my defender by tithing. This is a little known benefit of putting God first in your finances. Did you know that God in his word promises to be your defender if you return the first 10% of your income back to God? I'm not making this up. Look at this verse. Exodus 23, verses 19 and 22. God says this. Bring the best of the first fruits of your harvest into my house of the Lord. Bring the first fruit of your harvest. What's he talking about there? That's the principle of tithing, that the first 10% of everything I make goes back to God. It all came from God, and I'm just giving God back something that's his anyway. It all belongs to God. He just loans it to me while I'm alive. It was somebody else's before me. it be somebody else after I die. It all belongs to God. He says, bring the best of the first fruit of your harvest. That's the first 10%. Tithe means a 10th, not 8%, not 12. It means 10%. Bring the first fruit of your harvest to my house of the Lord. And then here's the promise. If you do what I say, look at this. I'll be an enemy to your enemies and I'll oppose those who oppose you. Whoa. Have you ever seen that verse? If you do what I say, talking about this, putting me first in your finances, I will be an enemy to your enemies and I will oppose those who oppose you. Now, let me just say this. If you're not tithing the first 10% of your income, God allows you that God gives you you're miss, missing this huge blessing. There are more promises in the Bible about giving and tithing than any other subject. Look at this verse. Malachi chapter 3. Remember I told you that Malachi was one of the five books written for the people who came out of the exile. He wrote this at the same time as Nehemiah. He's writing to the people who built the wall. And in Malachi three, ten and 11, he's, God says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, my storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord. He says, I dare you, Pepsi challenge, test me in this. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing, you won't have enough room for it. This is the only place in scripture where God says, you can prove that I exist. Test me in this. He says, I dare you to trust me. He said, I'll prove it through tithing. So let's review. Number one, when I'm under attack, when I'm being ridiculed at school, at work, at home, wherever, with friends, with neighbors, when, when I'm under pressure and I'm being ridiculed or I'm being, uh, uh, um, you know, people lied about or what all those five things we looked at. Now, what do I do? Number one, tell God how the insults or the criticisms upset me and hurt me. That's what Nehemiah did. Number two, confidently state that my trust is in God. God, you're just, I'm doing what you tell me to do. Be better, number three, be better than those who insult me. Be better than those who insult me. Number four, make God my defender by tithing. And then the fifth thing is this, remember I'll be rewarded forever. The antidote, when you feel put down, criticized, maligned, misunderstood because you're a Christian, remember, you'll be rewarded forever. Second Corinthians chapter four says this in verse 17 and 18. These hard times, I love this in the message. These hard times are small potatoes compared to the coming good times. The lavish celebration prepared for us. The things we see now are here today and gone tomorrow, but the things we can't see will now last forever. The stuff we can't see now, it's it's not going to last, but the stuff we can't see will last forever. What we can't see is temporary. What we can't see will last forever. You're not going to be in heaven one minute when you say, what was I worried about? Why did I get so upset by others' disapproval? Why did it matter to me so much? Why did I worry about what other people thought about me? Why didn't I do more for the Lord? Why didn't I pray more? Why didn't I serve more? Why didn't I give more? Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, verse 11 and 12, he promised, blessed are you when people insult you. Look at this verse, blessed are you when people insult you or persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Be glad because your reward will be great in heaven. You know, friends, the big issue here of why we're so afraid of the disapproval of others is we care too much about stuff that isn't gonna last. It's just the opinions of other people aren't gonna last. What other people think of you is none of your business. All you need to worry about is an audience of one. What does God think about you? And by the way, the only thing on this planet that's gonna last, you know what it is? The church. The church is God's family. God created the universe because he wanted a family. One day there won't be a world, there won't be a United States, there won't be all these, there, there won't be all these things. The only thing that's gonna last forever is the church because God's taken the church to heaven. So if you're a betting woman or a betting man, bet on the church. Can you imagine getting to heaven and you have invested your time and your energy and your help in building the kingdom of God on earth, the church? And and let's say 50 years from today, you're in heaven and somebody walks up to you and says, I want to thank you. And you say, thank me. I I don't even know you. And, And they say, no, no, you don't know me but you were one of the founders of Saddleback Church. You were pioneers and you prayed and you built and you served and you gave and and you built Saddleback Church and you built that campus that you're a member of. And 50 years after you died, that church, that campus, Saddleback, that campus reached me for Jesus Christ. I'm in heaven because of you. I just wanna thank you. You think that'll be worth it? If you know something more important to do with your life, I'd like to know, because I decided a long time ago I'm not gonna waste my life, and I haven't. Saddleback is at a historic transition. And you know what? God is letting you to be a part of this historic transition period. Why, of all people, did God have you in this church now, at this historic time? Why not 20 years ago? 40 years ago. He chose you to be here at this historic time for this privilege because you have something to offer. God has shaped you in a way that this church needs your talents, your abilities, your thoughts, your ideas, your ministry, your service, your gifts. I told uh, the staff the other day and staff being that you know, if I were to die right now, I would die a happy man because I've already had more things happen in my life that I could ever imagine being blessed with. I have not wasted my life. I just don't want you to waste it. I don't want you to waste the rest of your life. I want the rest of our lives, however much time God gives us, to be the best of our lives. Now I wanna close by asking you to remember the last verse on your outline, 1 Corinthians 15:58. So my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and steady, always enthusiastic about the work of the Lord, about the Lord's work, always be enthusiastic about the Lord's work, for you know that nothing you do in service for the Lord is ever worthless. It's gonna matter for eternity and you're gonna be rewarded for eternity. Let's bow our heads. Father, forgive us for worrying about what other people think. Forgive us for being manipulated by the disapproval of others. Lord, we admit that it hurts when we're criticized or we're misunderstood or people think we're kooky because we follow you or whatever they believe. Help us to realize that what matters is not their approval, but yours. I thank you for the example of Nehemiah. I thank you that he shows us these five ways that have been as old as 2,500 years ago that are still being used to manipulate people today. And yet he gave us an example of coming to you in prayer and all these five things that we need to do. I pray that every one of us will take all five of these steps this week. That, that if we, we need to uh, pray to you, we will pray to you and tell, tell you about what's hurt, what's hurt our hurts. And how it, it's bothered us that people look at us funny or question us or, or prejudice against us or whatever it is. Help us to be better than other people. Help us to confidently state that we're trusting in you. We're just your servants. For those who've never started the habit of tithing, may they start this week so that you may say, I will oppose those who oppose you and I will, I will uh, uh, protect you against those who are uh, attacking you. I will be your defender. I will be an enemy to those who are your enemies. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that when we put you first, you bless every area of our lives. And then, Lord, help us to remember the reward to not live for the approval of people today, but to live for the joy of heaven in eternity, knowing that you're gonna reward us, that has given unto us the privilege not just to believe in you, but also to suffer for you. You have said, blessed are those are you when men revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice in being exceeding glad. For great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets who were before you. Help us to remember that and practice it this week. With well, their heads still bowed, if you've never invited Christ in your life, say, Jesus, come into my life. I wanna, I wanna know you, I wanna trust you. I ask you to forgive me for the things I've done wrong and give me a brand new life and a new start in life. I'm saying yes to you today. In your name I pray. Amen. Hi, this is Pastor Rick. If you just prayed to accept Jesus Christ into your heart, congratulations. You're now my brother or sister in the Lord, and you need to tell somebody, and why don't you tell me, write to me, rick at pastorrick.com. Just email me, rick at com, and tell me your story. I would love to read it. And by the way, I'll send you some free material to help you start in your
0: new journey with the Lord. God bless you. This is Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. We are so happy you've chosen to study along with us today. Now if you'd like to receive Rick's free daily devotional, go to PastorRick.com and sign up right now. You'll get hope and encouragement from Pastor Rick delivered to your inbox every day. Rick will be back to close out our time today, but first, you've probably noticed the more grateful a person is, the happier they are. That's the power of gratitude. But it's not always easy to feel grateful. Here's Pastor Rick to tell you about an exciting new Bible study he created to help you practice daily gratitude.
1: One of the things that God wants us to do and he says it over and over in scripture is to practice gratitude. Did you know that gratitude is good for us? The Bible tells us in 1st Thessalonians 5:18, "Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will." for you in Christ Jesus. You wanna know what God's will is for you right now? It is that you learn gratitude in all circumstances. There's always something you can be thankful for. In fact, I've discovered and I've read many reports that experts have told us that gratitude is the healthiest human emotion. Did you know that gratitude makes you more resistant to stress? Did you know that gratitude makes you less susceptible to illness? Did you know that gratitude increases your overall happiness and satisfaction? That gratitude gives your life more meaning and significance? I don't know if you've ever noticed that the more grateful a person is, the happier they are. That's the power of gratitude. So I want you to live with the attitude of gratitude, the attitude of thankfulness. Now I've put together a brand new Bible study called The Power of Gratitude. And in it, you'll find scriptures and teaching and exercises that'll help you develop the habit, cultivate the habit of gratitude. You'll discover how to stay in God's will, how to defeat discouragement, how to conquer complaining, how to reduce stress, and how to experience God's blessing through gratitude. Friends, I wanna help you develop a deep and a profound attitude of gratitude. The world is craving people like this, and you will be able to experience all that God has for you. So today, when you partner with me by giving a gift, a financial gift, to Daily Hope, to help us take the certain hope of Jesus to people all around the world, I'm going to have my team send you the Power of Gratitude Bible Study. I just want to say thanks to you. I want to be grateful for you. You know, your support is essential for us taking the daily hope message of Jesus all around the world. So do that today. Send us a gift and let me send you a gift and you'll be grateful and so will we. God bless you.
0: Today is the last day to get this great resource, so don't wait. Go to PastorRick.com right now to get your copy of this great resource. That's PastorRick.com or just text the word DAILY to 800-600-5004. That's the word DAILY to 800-600-5004. And thanks so very much for your support. Be sure to join us next time as we look into God's Word for our daily hope. This program is sponsored by Pastor Rick's Daily Hope and your generous financial support.